Before we get started, I want to thank you very much for listening. This isn't our jobs, and sometimes it isn't even our talent, but you keep coming back, so who's the fool now? But thank you. Please subscribe to the show. Subscriptions drive searches, and that's how we get new listeners. And if you're feeling up to it and want to support the show one step further, check out our homepage at theallaboutnothing.com, where you can find a link to uh, where you can become a patron. And with that out of the way, this week's episode is a conversation with a United States Air Force veteran with four deployments, as well as a host of the Feathers and Friends podcast and YouTube channel, Parrot Gaming Productions, Jared. We discuss firearm safety as well as we dabble into our interpretation of what the Second Amendment is. So thank you very much for listening and enjoy. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by Blank Canvas Brand. If you own a business, restaurant, or sports team and you're ready to shake things up with that new, unique image, you need to use Blank Canvas Brand. Blank Canvas specializes in brand identity, including logos and graphics for business cards, flyers, banners, and signs. Blank Canvas offers printing services to help with your clothing needs. Look. When it comes to talent and service, there is no one better. For more information, you can search Facebook for Blank Canvas, or you can email blankcanvas at theallaboutnothing.com. That's B-L-N-K-C-A-N-V-S at theallaboutnothing.com. You can find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. Recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina, this is the All About Nothing Podcast. The views expressed on this program are the opinions of the host. Some content and subject matter may not be appropriate. Listener discretion is advised. Listeners are encouraged to follow the show at theallaboutnothing.com for links to social media and more. Listeners can call the show at 803-672-0533. Thank you for listening. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the All About Nothing podcast. I am Barrett Gruber, and this week I am joined by Jared. I guess you are the owner uh, and operator, the Parrot Gaming Productions. Welcome to the show. Jared, explain to me Parrot Gaming Productions. Sure. So Parrot Gaming Productions kind of started as a venture when when COVID first hit. I was like, I need something to do. I started it. It went off. And then I realized Parrot Gaming Productions was just like a massive mouthful. So I kept it as my YouTube channel. And now my podcast is just Feather and Friends. So yeah. Parrot Gaming Productions is my YouTube. Feather and Friends is my podcast. Okay. But yeah. Parrot Gaming Productions. Um, and everything I keep seeing on your YouTube channel is insur- Insurgency Sandstorm. It's a game that I really love to play. I'm I'm ex-military, which is kind of, I think, why I'm on your podcast right now. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, a, it's a military simulator that I've kind of arcadified where, like, I throw elements like you would see in Call of Duty and stuff like that. I see. I try to make the game a little bit more fun for people to watch. It's been a thing I've been on a massive kick on, and so it's been my latest craze that I've been throwing up. Well, I have I have enjoyed watching the videos that you've put up because I've gone through and watched several of them. And uh, oh, thank you, you know, first person shooters are, are are fun to watch and play. I, Call of Duty is extremely popular, and uh, I know uh, Halo is is one that I the, the Infinite War is, or Infinite is just is one that I just recently downloaded and are attempting to. Uh, try and and play. Uh, I am no good at first-person shooters. I'm, I'm no good at most video games, if I'm being completely honest with you. Zach and Trent, if they were here, they'd tell you exactly that. We, we play baseball sometimes on Friday nights. Uh, it, it works. Um, but I'm not. I'm not very good, especially when my when my skill level comes down. And my, yeah. So, uh, Jared, you were, uh, as you mentioned, uh, former military. You were in the Air Force for six years, deployed for four years, correct? Uh, yeah, well, basically five out of my six years I was deployed, yeah. 
Okay, and it, uh, that, I was had, a, that was a temporary uh, duty assignment. You, you mentioned it was a, as, as, a, as an air marshal uh, before we started recording. Yeah, uh, I did uh, a couple of deployments where I was just like an air marshal and then just typical normal base security. And then uh, one of the deployments that I did was a temporary duty station where I basically chauffeured a bunch of F-16 and F-15 pilots around to play war games with a lot of our uh, with a lot of our partners. And actually, uh, the Russians showed up. Uh, for for some more games and as a wow. colonel once put it yeah he wiped the floor with him so oh wow okay um so and 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 you were doing that out of the united states or was this that you were actually deployed physically somewhere else in the world to do those those type of i guess i guess war games yeah the war games were uh yeah we went to jordan for like two months and then we went to saudi arabia for like two or three months where uh just basically the f-16s and f-15s took off they played their war games in the sky i sat around just basically a, a section of the military base wherever we were at and just watched the planes to make sure nobody tried to jack them when they weren't okay. taking off and doing what they do one of the things that that we wanted i wanted to have you on to discuss was um your experience around firearm safety and training and and, and that sort of thing um but i i also just want to mention uh your podcast uh feathers and friends uh podcast is available of course on uh spotify uh as well as as I found it almost everywhere. So <laughs> there's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of RSS feeds that you're having to pump into to pump into the different uh, applications and whatnot. But I, uh, I I I I did find it everywhere. So you, so if you're listening and uh, check it out because I, I've enjoyed. I, I I listened to the the most recent episode where you had Mark on, and uh, that was a that was a very interesting conversation. I will admit that I, I know what it's like to have those really really long episodes where you can't find. <laughs> You can't find the right spaces to to try and cut out, but you're like, all right, fuck it, it's two and a half hours. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark is because uh, I do a co. I, I'm his NFL co-host on the NFL show where we talk about just a bunch of NFL stuff, the Evil Mark show, and yeah. Uh, like, yeah, talking about the NFL, uh, good. I can I can rein him in. I can keep him. But when he goes <laughs> off on politics, which he says he hates talking about it, like oh, trying, no. like you, if you if you get through the whole episode, you're like he's trying, but he can't rein him in. So you know. yeah, I definitely got the impression, despite the fact that he says he doesn't like it, there is an aspect to it that he thoroughly enjoys. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was when in the military in uh, in the Air Force? What was your experience as far as being a a uh, in firearm safety and and, and training? I mean, I, I recognize the basic training that there's there's gun safety involved and that sort of thing. Um, but just from an ask for your your own personal aspect, what was what was it that you experienced? It, it was basically kind of on par with what I had been trained with. I mean, my dad, one of the very first times he took me out shooting with a gun, uh, he basically grabbed a chunk of wood, said, all right, I'm going to show you firearm safety. I was like, OK. And he shot the piece of wood right in front of us. See that tiny hole? And I was like, yeah, it flipped it over and he showed the back of it. He's like, yep. this is why you need to have muzzle awareness to where you're shooting. And he was basically, I, I love his golden rule. Don't hit anyone or anything with a car. It kind of, you know, the same thing with a gun. If sure. you're pointing your barrel somewhere, make sure that you're not pointing at anybody and make sure to don't hurt anyone in anything that you don't yeah. intend to hurt. So, yeah, I think, I think one of the, one of the things that I remember when I, cause I, I, I got my concealed weapons permit probably 15 years ago. And, uh, one of the things that the trainer said, he's, uh, he was a uh, former police officer, and I think he was acting as the current comptroller for the state of South Carolina. Nice. And he, yeah, a uh, bit of an upgrade with a, a bigger desk. Um, but mm -hmm. he, uh, he, one of the things he said was, it's not about what you're shooting, but it's what you're shooting through. And it was to make sure that we understood that, 
yeah, the bullet hits if as long as the bullet hits the target, that that isn't where it stops. The bullet travels through and and there are targets behind that target. Uh, so it was something that was was he he made it very aware. Uh, he told us over and over, just make sure, you know, he hung uh, when we did our actual um, five, 10, 15 yards uh, practices uh, before certification. Um, he he said, you know, the one of the things we had to do was check our targets, but also check what was behind our targets because we were in the woods and mm-hmm. there was, you know, there was, there was always the potential that there could be someone a distance away that, uh, that, that could wind up being impacted by that. So it was, it was, you know, safety was, was heavily involved as one of the, one of the things that you hear an argument for when it comes to, uh, some of the gun safety and, and, and gun responsibility and gun laws that they, they keep mentioning is one of the, one of the go-to arguments is, well, you can join the military at 17 and 18 years old and they hand you a rifle. Uh, but that's not necessarily the the way that works. And and you don't have a rifle the whole time. I, I, I from your perspective as former former Air Force, um, what what is common practice when it comes to firearms on base or or even being allowed to have firearms when you're when you're stateside versus when you're deployed is two very very different things uh as the air force we always if we weren't on duty we didn't have our weaponry you know we we never carried our weapons the only time i ever carried my weapon completely throughout the entire mission was was when i was attached to the army actually i was attached to the army mp division and like they'll carry their weapons everywhere with them always unloaded there's that you know they always do clearing barrel checks and stuff like that when they're when they're deployed, but stateside, pretty much you, you get to your job, you get your weapon, you clear it, you make sure everything's good to go. You check it, you function it. You've got a buddy there with you to make sure you're doing everything correctly. You never carried one in the chamber unless it was your, your pistol, but that was because I was a cop, you know, it, it okay, needed to be ready sure. to go. But that was basically it is you followed a lot of safety guidelines. And the only thing that was rack stacked and ready to rock was your pistol. And you kept that in a very, very secure holster. Um, yeah. Basically, it had a double lock to where if you didn't know what you were doing, it was almost near impossible for your, for someone to pull your pistol out without them knowing how to, how that how that holster operates. There we go. That's the right word. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, you just basically never had your gun unless you were, uh, you know, unless you were armed up doing what you do. And again, that, that was usually in a situation where you are deployed. Um, but if you're, if you were stateside, uh, you're, you, you don't have access to it unless it's specifically for a purpose like training or certifications. I think that's one yeah, of the things training that, certification. That, and then, yeah, just, yeah. just out and about doing my job. So, yeah. I think that's one of the things that I, I find the most disheartening is this this comparison between uh, having being a civilian and just owning as many guns as you want and being in the military. Uh, there's because, you know, a lot of people, they believe that the the I would say on the conservative side, they they have this ideal uh, and, and you could potentially be one. We'll find out. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's this ideal that any any barriers that are put in 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 place to try and prevent someone from or not not necessarily prevent but just make sure that they're the right person to be purchasing a gun um they they see those as infringements on their second amendment and mm-hmm. i i i find in conversations that there is this idea that if they are being infringed then that's the point at which they they become hardened in in their situation um Mm. in your experience i imagine being former military and having experience in with firearm safety and training um that you probably have an opinion about 
where we are with uh, gun safety and things like that. Um, as far as as far as what you believe, based on your experience, um, do you think we're doing it right? Do you think allowing not having some of the 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 what what someone would would refer to as like you know having having to get a license or having to do training before you can buy a firearm or having background checks or waiting periods? Um, do you view those as infringements on the Second Amendment? Not really. I mean, they're just making that you're not a if I can say it here, not a fucking psycho, you know, yeah. like that's, that's just the honest to God case. I mean, if you actually look at how we had our weapons given to us in the military, like how we went through training, how we did everything, you're like, wow, they legitimately went through all these proper procedures and steps to make sure that the weapons were safe. The ammo was safe. We had ammo counts. We had all these crazy things that were done just as a normalcy with us. And it's just like common practice that I look and see what people do now. And you're like, you can implement this with no infringement upon yourself. I mean, take for an instance, take for instance, all these NFL players that have recently been popped with unregistered firearms. Mm -hmm. These are dudes who can literally pay for own operate and maintain these very expensive licenses. And they still go out and buy unregistered firearms. Obviously there's something that's messed up that it's, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, have your guns. I, I mean, honestly, if I could, I'd have a wall of weaponry. I know a lot of people are like, do you really need that many guns? I want the SCAR. I want the AK. I want the M4. I want this. I want that because they're, they're nice. I don't need them all, but I want them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, if, if you can pass the tests and you can get everything, you know, and, and we can keep track of it. Great. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's infringement. I just think people don't like extra steps with stuff. I mean, yeah. instant gratification is the biggest thing in today's society. If it's not instant, I don't want it. Yeah, I think I think that's that that's in line with my opinion. I I, I don't mind the fact that it, it doesn't bother me so much that people own firearms. It doesn't bother me, uh, although I will admit that that I believe my First Amendment right gives me the ability to say that I think that I'm the only one that should be allowed to to, to recognize the Second Amendment. Because my my preference is is that nobody besides me carries guns. But I yeah. you know that's that's never going to fly. And you know. The day that I run for office, I figure somebody will pull that up and be like, he says you shouldn't have guns. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Some of you don't use them responsibly um, or keep track of them. So can in a in a situation where let's say we have uh, the ability to uh, push things through as far as laws and rules, um, I think one of the things that I would I would prefer is that we had uh, specifically, I think one of the big things is a waiting period. Statistically, uh, a number of the uh, shootings that we see as far as mass shootings, we have seen them occur uh, in uh, a time frame that is sometimes the day after a purchase legally, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes three or four days purchase legally. Um, I when I and, and I don't want to assume your age, I assume you're in your 30s, but um, yep. but growing up, that was one of those things that I always remembered hearing about was that this state had uh, a, a waiting period of seven days or this state had a waiting period of five days or something like that, that there were, there were waiting periods, but just searching through some of the States um, there are no waiting periods. If you have, uh, if you're registered and you have a concealed weapons permit, then uh, I could, I could drive down the street and walk into uh, our, our, one of the largest gun stores in South Carolina 
and within 25 minutes walk out because I just present them with a card that says, Hey, I'm saying I've done the training 15 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. but it, so is in your opinion, um, do you have any, I guess, any, any idea about, uh, or, or how you believe what, uh, what that sort of law would look like as far as like, what, what do you believe would be a necessary in a waiting period? Uh, this is going to be a little controversial coming from my background, but I think we should go the way of Australia and Britain. Just get rid of them. I mean, honestly, it, it's causing enough of a problem to where a lot of people either love it, a lot of people hate it, nobody knows what to do. Just get rid of them. Just get rid of it. Obviously, we can't do anything that works. We can't figure out what we need to do. Just get rid of it. And then you you have those people that get the specialty licenses and have to go through the motions to, to become the firearm owners and do that stuff. And I think going through that stuff would help us where you just go, okay, nobody gets it unless you have these specific licenses and the licenses, you know, obviously grandfather everybody in that's, that's right. got it. And that's been doing the right thing, but you know, make it a, a full fledged thing. But then again, you are going to get those. And, and I love that Mark likes to point this out, those like one to five percenters to where they'll go through the whole training, be completely sane, do everything they're supposed to do, you know, show that they're good character. The moment they get their hands on that gun, that 30 round mag and a couple of them and, and the ammo, boop, they are no longer that individual and they are just off to the races. You will yeah. get that. You will get that. But. Honestly, just go the route of Australia and, and, and Britain. Just make it make it so that it's like if you're going to have a gun, you you need a legitimate reason why you're having this gun. Oh, I'm starting a museum. OK, great. Oh, I'm starting a shooting range. Great. Go for it. You know, yeah. I don't know. It just at this point in time, I'm so sick and tired of the argument. I'm just like, forget it. You know, nobody yeah. has them. Nobody. Get, yeah. You, you broke all our toys. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how many how many how many lines do we have to cross when it comes to gun violence before? Uh, we do that. And, and I'll be honest, uh, even though I am a gun owner, uh, I have admitted on my program that, uh, I don't have a necessity for all of the firearms I have. And I have, I have, I have more than I can hold in my hands. <laughs> I, I likely cannot strap them all on. Um, and it occurred to me, someone, uh, a close friend, she said, you know, well, how would you be the example of, of what to do. And I said, well, the, I guess one of the things that I have an issue with, and, and, you know, there, there's, there are markets that, that, you know, if I go to a gun store and I sell my guns back to that store, those guns, then, uh, at some point after I assume some sort of verification on them, I assume those guns then go into basically they, they could potentially be sold again. And then yeah. what if they get sold to somebody that then, you know, passes the background check, but then commits a crime with them? Well, I have added those firearms back into the system that have potentially been used. So, you know, they cost too much for me to go and, you know, take a sledgehammer to them. Uh, it's, you know, I, I know that in the UK and in, uh, in, in Australia, I believe that there was, was it a gun buyback program that, that eventually got most of the guns back or, you know, individuals firearms back off of uh, private ownership. I think I think what ended up happening was they had those buyback programs um, to a certain extent. I just remember because I watch a lot of those documentaries on like the uh, on like the massacres and stuff that happened in there. And all I remember is that there was just like this one big shooting that I think happened out in like an island or somewhere where they were just like, all right, we're done. Everybody's got to turn their guns and we'll compensate you with something. I didn't yeah. really pay attention to how they did it, but I, I know that 
they had those massacres to where they were just like, look, this is this is a problem. This is obviously a problem we have. We need to stop. So, yeah. And that was a very conservative government in Australia. It was it, it was one major mass shooting uh, that that basically turned everything around. And and yeah. I think that part of that is because uh, mass shootings in the United States become uh, pretty normalized. And, and I hate to say that, but I, I don't you know, the the number of mass shootings this year already is like at 300 and something. Uh, and I and I understand people are going to argue back and forth as to whether or not. Uh, you know, a mass shooting consists of four victims or two victims or whatever it is the FBI decides. Uh, but it is, uh, you know, and, and regardless of who it is that's involved in it, uh, there is guns are being used on viol- for violence. And that violence uh, is something that I, I absolutely believe needs to be curtailed. Um, so I agree. I, I, I think that ultimately, if there, if there is some sort of incentive I would like to think that, you know, I would, I would hope that at some point that we would, we would have some sort of a system that we would, would say, okay, we're done with guns. This is your opportunity to, uh, for us to buy back as a government to buy back those guns. I, I think in, in, I think the city of Miami recently, uh, maybe a couple months ago, uh, I read that they were buying guns that specifically those, those guns were being then shipped to the Ukraine to assist with the Ukrainian soldiers so that they had more firearms available to them. I don't That's know the, yeah, I don't know the numbers on that. I'm not, I'm not exactly certain how many of them actually went, but I'll be honest, if that had been available here in, uh, in, in Columbia or in South Carolina, I, I think I probably would have been in favor of that and had it had, had done that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's, I, I, I have, I have friends. Well, I have acquaintances. Um, <laughs> I have to call them acquaintances after 2016, um, that, uh, <laughs> I, I would joke, I would joke that, you know, if there was ever a zombie apocalypse, that's whose house I was going to, because I know that they are, they're basically an armory somewhere. The ATF yeah. has a list and they're on it. Um, oh, yeah. but it's, but it, it, those are the people that, that I know will fight the hardest to keep every single thing they have. He had one gun safe specifically for, for ammunition and another gun safe for all the guns. And these gun safes were, I, people that know the studio uh, uh, from previous YouTube videos, it's not small. You could probably fit six or seven. I mean, it's not huge, but you could probably fit six or seven of those giant gun safes. And he's had two of them specifically for either ammunition or guns. I mean, that's pretty uh, safe though. You know, to, to separate your, your guns and your ammunition, especially if they're unloaded, like, cause okay. Do you have the code to get the gun? Yeah. Do you have the code to get the ammo? Well, not really. Okay. Good luck. You know? (laughs) So yeah, I look, and, and I will, I will certainly, I will certainly say this, that individual, uh, is, is definitely one of the people that I would trust in an event. I don't, I mean, aside from some, you know, psychotic moment, I don't think that he'd ever take his firearms and use them on anyone. Um, but I've uh, I've known other individuals that have said things like, "Oh, the FBI can come to my door and I'll I'll take out everybody who can." It, ridiculous things, you know. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of the because we have a uh, an article an amendment in the Constitution specifically uh, that that gives people or emboldens people to this idea that they need the firearms that they that firearms are you know the guns are what they need. Um, if you if if you stay with me, I'd, I'd like to break down the Second Amendment based on sure. our opinions. Um, so basically, 
the Second Amendment is one of the shortest in all of the Constitution. Uh, it says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So that's that's one of the pieces that people always go to is the Second Amendment. And they for some reason, they, they tend to leave out the first part. Uh, about it being a well-regulated militia and necessary to secure to, to the security of a free state. They always go to the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be a friend. So just to break down the first portion of that, um, who is a well-regulated militia in your opinion? It's just like any military unit. You know, uh, if you want to talk about well-regulated militia, uh, look at any special forces unit around a- any special forces unit they pretty much independently operate you know they're uh they're given a mission by the command and command says you need to go make this happen and then they go make it happen you know they they stick to the rules of they stick to the rules of engagement they have their specifically defined guidelines that they they run with and i mean a lot of these well-regulated militias you take a look at some of the militias that are out there quote air quotes and they have you know these guidelines that they go by and it's like that's your bias on certain subjects and your bias on certain things. You, sure. it, it's, it's kind of a lot like being a cop or being in the military. You have to have a set of guidelines that you can participate and live by because otherwise you're just a dude with a gun who's got an idea in your head and you're going to run with it. A lot right. of people might think that is a militia, but a militia was designed to protect something. And then otherwise, we're just a whole bunch of militias with each other. And we might as well be in Borderlands 2, where everybody tries to kill everybody. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, poke a, uh, yeah, there's there's a reference, a video game reference. So, Perfect. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're keeping people in. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a very inclusive podcast uh, that so that and, and that I think that falls in line with my opinion as far as when it comes to militias. Uh, I absolutely believe that in my head, based on the definition of a militia, you're talking about something that has structure. And, and when it's well regulated, you're talking about people that are that 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 on top of that structure that are also uh, part of a group that is being trained on a fairly regular, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, mm-hmm. I would assume something like our National Guard would be considered uh, a, a a branch of the military that is a well regulated militia. Um, I could see where someone could potentially say that uh, maybe a, a SWAT team could be potentially recognized as a as a well-regulated militia um but not civilians yeah. i have a hard time yeah because police are just police are the civilian side of of, of that so I'm, yeah. I'm going out on an extreme to try and include uh, a police force <laughs> but not civilians i i don't recognize um the uh the guy that, that leads his children's ministry at his pentecostal church as being uh, a member of a militia because he goes to the uh, shooting range once a month when they have a special in the newspaper, you know, a coupon and, uh, and, and consider him, despite the fact that he is very adamant about his rights and, and swears that he's one of the best shooters he's ever seen. I, I, I don't recognize that and, and him as well as five of his friends as being a well-regulated militia. So I, I, I have to tear apart that portion of it. Um, yeah, the next- if, if you're, if you're a weekend warrior, 
I'm, I'm sorry. Like, unless you're doing a lot of stuff on your off time, I'm 100% with you on that, my man. You, yeah. you can't just, you can't go when there's a special. This is, this is drill. This is muscle memory. I've been out of the military for 11 years. Well, it, yeah, it'll be 11 years this November. You give me a 249, I guarantee I could break it down a lot faster than those weekend warriors still after never having touched one for the last 15 years. So that, so that some of the weekend warriors that are listening, what is a 249? A uh, uh, it, the saw the squad automatic oh, weapon okay. basically yeah it's it's the uh, it's the the really lightweight version of, I don't really know how to describe it other than just like yeah just go Google M two forty nine saw and you'll okay. see what it is okay so <laughs> it, it, this is it, this is is this one of the firearms <laughs> that we would see we would potentially see Rambo firing off the hip I'm pretty sure it was no Rambo did the M60 the pig that's what yeah, he's fired yeah. which magically the 15 rounds lasted for like a hundred or something <laughs> like that so yeah because if you watch the movie he's got a belt of like 15 hanging down and he's just chug lugging you're like come on yeah. big guy run out of ammo let's go yeah yeah that was and that was that was something I wanted to discuss after after we got done with the uh, the Second Amendment was. Uh, I, I I was hoping that I could ask you on the spot of, about your movie selection when it comes out. Okay, but we'll, we'll sure, do that. sure. Um, so the, so the second portion of of that being necessary to the security of a free state. So they capitalize the word state in in mm. that piece. Um, I don't know what it is that they are trying to emphasize by capitalizing the, capitalizing the word state, but I have to assume that when the founders wrote that portion of the Second Amendment that their belief was still we fear this idea that Britain could potentially come in and, and try and overwhelm us. So free state, I would like to assume, despite the fact that I know most of the founders were of an opinion that their states should be free for slavery, uh, not mm -hmm. of slavery, but for slavery, um, that I, I would like to assume that they're trying to lay the groundwork uh, for how to fight off some tyrannical or some opposing military. Um, and at the time that it was written, of course, we were not quite yet the United States because we were basically independent states that were, that, that just, we, we didn't have a strong federal government as the centerpiece to this. Uh, I yeah. think, I think at the time there, there, you know, we had a, we had a, a continental army that consisted of, brigades of state militias uh but it wasn't it wasn't one federally funded uh military um i mean you watch comes, those yeah you you watch those movies all the time where like oh this is the the continental whatever or this is virginia or this is that that's because that's where they came from they were the virginia militia and right. i mean you're right with with your definition here because i actually googled it because i wanted to get it right uh in general you should capitalize the first word all nouns all verbs and when they're saying state they're using the state as a noun, a person, place, or thing. And you were right. At that time, we were not the collective United States that we were. If you were a Virginian, you were a Virginian. That was all you knew. You weren't part of the U.S. or the original 13 until we made it. But yeah, I think that's where they were going with because I didn't think they'd... I, that, that's one of the things that I don't like about it is that they wrote this back when there was just 13 or something of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I, yeah, there was only 13 of them. Dude, you didn't know that you're going to have 52 states, all of a sudden, all these people. You didn't know you're going to have all this craziness that's going on right now. And I'm going to leave that craziness open to interpretation for whoever's listening. But you're not going to have that. You know, you don't have that just yet. And they just had the 13 and they knew Britain was an evil, evil bad guy and they had to fight him. 
So, yeah. Yeah. That that's that. I think that's one of the things that I, I, I wind up always going back to is that even in the civil war, we did not, you know, the, the Northern States, they, if you, if you look at the, the military battles that occurred, uh, during the, uh, civil war, you had, uh, it was the Virginia's 51st or the Georgia's 22nd or yeah, they would, they would, uh, under a, I guess under a general Lee or under a, you know, that sort of thing. Sure. No, no, no. You don't have to silence them. They're part oh, of the show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I just, I know that he can, he can sometimes get a little nuts where he, uh, they, they see a cat and I'll put it to you this way. Um, I, who, cause I, I, I work from home. I do a call center job from home and okay. uh, they will, he will lose his mind collectively. I just had to turn on the AC cause it's finally getting like really hot in here. And oh, yeah. they're like, dad moved. I got to tell him don't move. Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> thank you, bud. Thank you, sir. <laughs> how, how many feathered friends do you have? I have two. I have a okay. son, Conyer and a blue monk or what is sometimes referred to as a Quaker parrot, a Quaker parrot. So, okay. That's yeah. That's uh, I've only I've only had experience with uh, with a cockatiel back when I was in high school, and uh, and that didn't that didn't go well, unfortunately. Um, but regardless, there was there was, yeah, a, yeah. There was we had a corner of our house that we're pretty certain was either haunted or there were uh, uh, underground fumes. Like uh, uh, what okay. is it? What is it? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that that particular corner took out two hamsters and two cockatiels. So. Oh, uh, good God. To my, okay. To, to my, to my, to my high school ex-girlfriend, I am still really sorry about the fact that those birds uh, did pass away while you were at college. Um, okay. So, uh, but yeah, so you were saying, so it, the, the definition of the capitalized word state was based on, so, so we're assuming that they meant the individual states. Cause if, if let's say, let's say Great Britain attacks, uh, and and they pick one. They pick, let's say, the coast of South Carolina. Um, there is the South Carolina militia at that time uh, that would be able to, I guess, defend itself, uh, but likely would be overwhelmed. So the idea would be that the states would call on each other, I guess, uh, to potentially subvert that particular attack. But I think when they wrote this, that the intention was that these well-regulated militias would under the well regulation well well being well regulated would be able to defend uh themselves i i i don't find anything in this that makes it seem as though we as people in a citizen or as citizens in a state uh need to maintain our stance or our ability to fight back a tyrannical government of the united states it just it doesn't there, make there's, sense to me it like if you if you want chaos to reign supreme, sure, by all means, go ahead. Just be that be that idiot that shows up in full regale to a protest. Like it, it's always interesting when you see those hardcore guys get called out. And it's like, yeah, dude, you're the only one decked out in all this gear and looking like a goober, you know, yeah. with all the high speed nonsense. Okay, I'll give it to you. Maybe maybe some of you can use it. Maybe you've been tried and tested. You don't need it though to show up to a protest like you're just angry hold your sign let the people know you're pissed off and then once you start stepping above and beyond that line it's tyrannical to you yes oh, yeah. but is it tyrannical to everybody else yeah. like everybody else is like yeah that's a dick move bro government you know that's a dick move but you know it's not like let's go ahead and do a bunch of crazy nonsense not so. to down not to downplay what happened on january 6th but i feel like if cheesecake factory and uh the olive garden all had their 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 reservation systems in line, you know, during COVID, 
that yeah. potentially could have subverted a January 6th if everybody was like, okay, six o'clock, I've got cheesecake reservation. <laughs> not gonna not gonna lie. If if I could get <laughs> if I could get that that fatty food a lot faster into my face hole, I would probably be a little bit more chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh also I I think at the time I think marijuana was legal in DC. So I, I don't know why that wouldn't have been available. Um Okay, so sorry. <laughs> so no, it's um, it's okay, man. Yeah. So so the next one, uh, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Okay, I I have to recognize that under this current uh, judicial, uh, the Supreme Court, the justices that we have, a six six conservative majority over the liberals. Um, I have to recognize that based on some of their current stances and the rulings that they've made, they are looking at the Constitution as being much more literal. Uh, specifically when it comes to Roe versus Wade, one of the arguments was is that there is nothing in the Constitution in the, under the 14th Amendment that specifically defines uh, a woman's health or abortion being legal. It doesn't mm-hmm. because the Constitution doesn't actually say those words, it, abortion, that, that there, is nothing, there is nothing there to support in the 14th Amendment that uh, that that abortion should be uh, federally recognized or federally protected uh, under that amendment. All right, nothingers, I want to cue you in about a friend of the pod, Blank Canvas Brand. If you own a business or restaurant and the time has come to build that unique brand, you have got to get a hold of Blank Canvas Brand. Blank Canvas Brand specializes in brand identity, including logos, business cards, flyers, and anything else to promote your business. And now, Blank Canvas Brand offers printing services to help with your clothing needs, including sports teams. I can tell you from our own experience, Blank Canvas Brand is responsible for our logo, as well as the Bowl of Duty bowling team logo, and we couldn't be happier with what's been produced. For more information, you can search Facebook for Blank Canvas, or you can email Blank Canvas at theallaboutnothing.com. That's B-L-N-K-C-A-N-V-S at theallaboutnothing.com. You can find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. Hey, everyone. I want to take a quick moment to mention one of our new sponsors, thepaintedmoment.com. That's thepaintedmoment.com. Check this out. Have you ever taken a photo with your phone or digital camera that would look amazing as a watercolor canvas painting? Well, now there's a website ready to take your photo and turn it into digital painted moments. This is how it works. Visit thepaintedmoment.com, follow the instructions, and your digital photo will be enhanced and returned to you with links on where you can have an image printed to canvas or whatever else you'd like to do with it. We've already got a couple of these enhanced photos hanging around the house, and trust me, you'll love what comes out. Thepaintedmoment.com. Create a painted moment in time from your digital photos. Thepaintedmoment.com. Seriously, check them out today. Thepaintedmoment.com. What is a vaccine? What is a virus? What is a mask? What's a Sasquatch? These are all valid questions, and to answer them in one breath, prevention, potentially deadly, potentially life-saving, and don't be stupid. Look, the coronavirus from 2019 has caused a global pandemic that continues to ravage our planet, leaving victims and survivors. But you can do your part. In the United States, as well as most countries around the world, the COVID-19 vaccine is available at little to no cost. Regardless of your politics, this virus has the potential to cause irreparable harm to you and vulnerable family members and friends. We have an opportunity through the efforts of medical science to balance the scales against this disease and its variants. And look, I don't understand how the vaccine works, even though I've heard it described countless times by countless experts. And even though none of that makes any sense to me, I do recognize that the money and effort spent on the vaccine has not been wasted. And it's not a global positioning transmitter being embedded in your arm. You're holding that in your hand, listening to this. 
So get the vaccine. Protect yourself. Protect your loved ones. Hell, protect the guy standing behind you waiting on his Taco Supreme and nacho fries. Let that be the reason his organs shut down. For more information, visit covid19.nih.gov for actual science information. We have to thank our sponsor, GOT Sound Studio, and its owner and operator, Dominique Stewart, better known as Neek the Geek. GOT Sound Studios offers a variety of recording experiences for music, voice, and instrumental recordings and production, as well as podcasts. GOT Sound Studio is located in Columbia, South Carolina, and operated by the most talented producer and engineer in the business. GOT Sound Studio is a black-owned business. Bring your recording business needs here. You can find details on their Facebook page or by calling 803 803- 243-2302 or emailing gotsounds at theallaboutnothing.com That's gotsounds at theallaboutnothing.com You can find links in the friends of the pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com This is Judd Larkins and I am the Democratic nominee for the 2nd Congressional District and you are listening to the All About Nothing podcast. But then I look back at this and and the words that that are used are uh, to keep and bear uppercase arms. And Mm -hmm. I can I can see that, you know, uh, 230 years ago, the word arms clearly was probably recognized as uh, by the upper echelon of of the public, uh, the the people writing this, uh, that that they would recognize the word arms as being a musket or uh, a, a handheld musket, you know, that sort of thing. Something that still takes, you know, at best, at best, probably 15 to 25 seconds to reload. Uh, and then the accuracy is, is not great. Um, I'd like to think that in a, in a scenario where we are going literally based off of what the words are in the constitution, that they would look at this and say, okay, well, the word B or the word bear is not capitalized. So clearly we didn't mean the mm-hmm. animal. So everyone can't just walk around with, <laughs> you know, large, large furry mammal arms hanging from their, from their first neck. off, first <laughs> off, I will do what I want, sir. Whether or not there are pistols attached to that bear arm is, is regardless. I can bear them, <laughs> but I was, uh, I, I like to do a little bit of Googling on the side here while you're talking, because no, please. Like the the fastest musket, like like a flintlock rifle, is like two to three minutes. That is like the two quickest to three minutes for a flintlock. Uh, for just like a regular musket, it could get done in like eight to ten seconds. And this that's is impressive. like fastest, fastest. And, and have you ever have you ever filed, fired a musket? There was a reason why I never touched one. Now <laughs> I, okay. just, I just so so that was gonna be so that was gonna be part of my point. So. At the time that muskets were being used uh, in in open field battles, where where you would literally have, say, the British or the French line up against the Spanish or the French or the British, you know, you had two opposing military forces that would literally line up. Mm. There is there is there are no records to indicate that there was anyone that was so good of a shot with a musket that they hit their target one hundred percent of the time. Police force. Our, our, our military and police will fully admit that unless they are in a seat, they are in a they in a settled position, um, a prone prone position, that that it is it is it is more likely that they will miss the specific target. Not not necessarily that they will miss the target as a whole, but they will miss their intended target uh, unless they are in a prone position uh, or that they are in a position where the gun cannot uh, cannot move on them. Um, yeah. A musket being fired from the shoulder uh, 
out of out of the end of a out of the end of varying sized barrels. Um, yep. The the idea that these muskets were actually firing lead balls that hit their target is absurd to me. I cannot. I, I think you just lucked out. I think you. I think, and I'm not saying anything to the you know snipers <laughs> from 1776 or 1781. But I, I don't think that they were hitting. I think that they. I think they hit. I, you know, they fired it off in hopes that it was going to hit a target, hit one, and like, oh, that's what I intended. <laughs> well, I mean, it says here the the average soldier was expected to release three volleys per minute. Four was exceptional, and I mean, like you you look at movies like The Patriot with Mel Gibson. You know, there's right. that one dude that's just bro, sit in that tree, do what you do best. Like you've got yeah. that guy that could hit his mark because he knows his rifle. And you're right. Like right. this is back in the day when everything was handmade. Oh, you yeah. know, you see him, you see him bowling down the little soldiers and puts it into a little ball. And like, dude, you just made a ball. Congratulations. You got one more ammos. Yeah. But how yeah. accurate is that? You know, like yeah. every round that you fire is completely different being shot out of a smooth bore. Like, no, you're not, you don't have rifling. This, this is even yeah. worse than the AK. This is worse yeah. than the AK. <laughs> I have, I have, I have, there's, there's nothing in me that believes that any one of those lead balls was made so perfect and spherical that it was because I look, I, I played baseball. I, I, I know that I can intend on, I'm throwing a ball and hit the target, but there are so many variables that go into play. And but you mentioned the Patriot. The only thing I think that was accurate about the Patriot when it came to the brutal, the brutal scenes that Mel Gibson was in, uh, was the hatchet i think yes, yes. i I, yes. Have, I i think that he could i think that the potential is is that someone while the his opposition is trying to reload i i absolutely believe that he could jump from target to target and basically hack somebody up while they're trying to reload. i that i believe that i believe look, look so so soldiering back in those days to to have the balls to stand in front of your enemy as you hear the other guy go aim fire and you're like well here we go good luck yeah. i'll yeah. see if i die and and then and then to to get up and do it like i could see why they would have some balls but if i see a mad crazed man with a hatchet as i'm trying to reload my musket i think i just poop myself and fall down <laughs> <laughs> just just nope nope sir you win whatever you say i you're, you're a legend the ghost of whatever i'll tell them whatever you want take it and leave take it and leave <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things i also wonder is who 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 decides who gets to shoot first so the british yeah. came all the way over from england uh they had to you know they were on they were on boats i think at that point it was taking about two and a half two and a half months uh do they get the honor of shooting first because you know they're the visitors I, i'm I, shooting I, I, first i'm getting off that boat yeah. firing as yeah. i'm climbing down you know, just squeezing off a round or two <laughs> i've been on the stupid ship for two months i need an orange <laughs> all right the uh the last part of course shall not be infringed and and of course i, I think that's an interpretive uh the, the the federal government has not done anything uh as far as i'm concerned state governments haven't done anything as far as i'm concerned to infringe on anyone's rights uh to to own a gun um and and in my experience i have never once had anyone say you know anyone give me any sort of feedback that that indicates that they have either uh, they, it is, it is all this, uh, a lot of what I hear is this, this ideal ideology, ideology. Yeah. It's all this ideology of the Democrats are going to come and take your guns. Do the Democrats get in power? They're going to come and take your guns. Well, the Democrats have been technically in power in federal, uh, system now for almost two years. And 
I haven't seen any bills come across to say that that guns are going to be taken away like they did in Australia or or the UK. Um, and I agree. I think I think one of the things that should be available is that if if you own a firearm now and our government did decide to say, hey, all right, that's it. If somehow they come up with a partisan decision that says, look, the time has come that, you know, we can't continue to say that this is just a mental health issue because, you know, throwing it on mental health. I get it. Mental health is an issue. I I fully recognize Mm -hmm. that this country has abandoned the idea of of taking care of uh, uh, individuals that that need health care, especially mental health care. Uh, our, our veteran system is laden with individuals who, who are not, uh, either are not seeking treatment or are not able to find treatment, uh, that will, that will benefit them as well. And that's not a, that's not a knock on the veteran affairs, uh, program. Uh, that is simply recognizing that the, I, I gotta be honest, that veteran affairs just doesn't have enough money being put into it. There's not enough resources being added to it. As a former, as a former veteran, I, 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 I hope that you, if ever you need treatment, that Tricare is a fantastic insurance company or an insurance administrator. Uh, but even they don't get enough federal funding. Uh, there, it's not there. There are flaws. I'll just yeah. say there are flaws. I have been a victim of some of those flaws, but uh, I will put it to you this way: there are people in that system that I, I, I can't. I can't love and thank them enough because they do the best that they can with what they got. And they try the hardest that they can. I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to them with a problem. That's not a typical problem. And they're just like, we love you. We support you. Here's how we can help you. Even if it's just, here's a phone number to call, tell them we sent you and you'll get taken care of. And I have. And so, but yeah, I'm so sick and tired of money needs to be the answer to all the problems. So sure. Sure. And, and, and I, and I get that as well. I just, I, I, I definitely, I definitely believe that the $800 billion that's allocated to our, our military and and the Pentagon, I, we're not at war currently. I definitely, I, I definitely do not see a necessity to be building up some programs when we could be building up our veterans affair program. I mean, I, I ultimately, I think, I think that not being at war allocates should be able to allocate more money and resources to the veterans system. Um, sorry, that was a, that was a tangent, but the infringement. (laughs) Yeah. You're (laughs) fine. I, I just, I, 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 I do not understand this, uh, necessity to constantly feel like everything is an infringement. It's not just, it's not just guns. Uh, I've, you know, I, I've had people that said that, you know, they go to the movie theater and they can't bring in their own popcorn or they can't bring, it's an infringement on my rights. I bought this and I should be able to bring it. And I don't want to do a Southern accent when I do that one, because I feel like I'm going to call out specific people. <laughs> I, uh, I I'll, put it, I'll put it to you this way. I have literally, uh, there's, there's a brilliant, if you, if you're ever in the North or you ever hear of a company called noodles and company, basically it's, it's like Mac and cheese heaven for us, Wisconsinites, oh. but like, it's great because like I've gone and I've bought like a noodles and company dish to go see a movie and walked into my theater and they're like, ah, noodles and company. Nice. And I'm like, yeah, can I get a ticket for so-and-so? And they're like, okay, sure. Big guy. And then you just, you go and they're, they're like, whatever. Technically nice. you're not supposed to bring anything in. It's like an unwritten rule. But if you just like show up and just go about it, like you're supposed to have it. A lot of the, 
a lot of the movie theater people are teenagers. I swear to God, like I've talked to a couple of them. Like, did you just get out of class? And they're like, yeah, cool. Well, I'm going to be a grown adult here and bring my own food in. Like, okay. (laughs) They don't care. They don't care. But yeah, I gotcha. I, yeah, my thing is, is that there are so many things that people look at as, as being an infringement, but they, they don't look at, I I hear the argument. So I've said, I, one of the things that I would be an a proponent of is if, we were to require gun owners to have insurance on those firearms so that you one those gun those those firearms are now registered uh, mm-hmm. serial numbers and all uh, that there has been some sort of a study that acknowledges the damage that they could potentially do and then some sort of a a a a principal system uh, is is put in place that requires that you make you know six month one year monthly payments to to basically, it's a it's a get out of jail it's a get out of jail card or get out of financial responsibility in a situation yeah. where you know, it's same it literally the same as owning a vehicle and the oh, thing yeah, sure. that people keep coming back to is well driving isn't included in the uh, constitution to which I say you'd be pretty upset if somebody came and took away your license though I assume right you'd yeah. feel like oh, that yeah. was an infringement. Well, I mean, first so, off, I work from home, so I could kind of do without. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I know I'm playing devil's advocate here. But yeah, yeah, like, I mean, you know, you hear about infringement. I, I just want to make a comment on something you said earlier. Like, you hear it all the time. They're infringing upon my rights. Or the Dems this, or the Republicans this. Look, the Democrats have been in power, like, you're right, for two years. I find myself, I guess, leaning more towards what a lot of Democrats say. But I'm kind of one of those guys where it's like, I like that. I like that. I like yeah. that. Other oh, people can't see me. I'm picking, choosing from different avenues here. Right. <laughs> but like the Democrats have been in power for two years. They've been trying to do a lot of things and the Republicans somehow can block them. And then all of a right. sudden when the Republicans are in the power, the Democrats somehow block them. So yeah. who's really in power? Are, are they just like, they're infringing upon? No, look, if somebody was literally infringing upon your rights, that would be me putting duct tape over your mouth, Barrett, and saying, shut the fuck <laughs> up during the movie, you know? That's me infringing upon your rights. But if I'm like, hey, Barrett, could you please? I want to see this movie. I haven't seen it yet. That's that's not infringement. You know, they're, right. they're saying, hey, we would like you not to speak during this. You totally can. But as a as a civilized individual, you shut up during the movies, you know, yeah. and, and that's what I that's what I feel like it is. It's like people just don't want to do things to make it easier on society. Yeah. Get your get your. Yeah, you're, you're like. Uh, who was it? I think Texas literally just passed a law that you can now sue gun manufacturers. No, California, um, California, oh, California. I, I saw Cal- okay. Yeah, California. Yeah, yeah. Oh, California. Texas would not be in favor of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Texas. W- I, I, I don't know the governor's names. I try not to pay attention as much as possible because it just hurts my Newsom head. Newsom and Abbott. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but no, that's okay. But like California, like I guarantee you, there are going to be a lot of firearms manufacturers, or they're just noping right out of there. Right? They're yeah. just they're noped yeah. out. They're done. And, oh, you want a Sig Sauer? Good luck. Go to Wyoming. Go to, you know, go to Mexico. Go somewhere else to buy it because they don't want they don't want that problem. You have insurance yeah. on a gun. You, you have the the backing. It, it's just like health insurance and everything else. I think that it's a really damn good idea, Barrett. That's a damn yeah. good idea, my man. I, I also think that uh, w- one of the ideas, and I've discussed this with some of the candidates that, that I've had in here on the show recently, um, I, I do not understand why there is this 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 constant pushback on this idea of a national private registry that is maintained just like the social security system but but and it's, it could be built on the exact same application that the social security system is built on but basically mm-hmm. just 
every firearm in the country is registered. If you own five, if you own five firearms, I, I don't understand how that's an infringement. I, I understand how it could potentially be seen as a privacy thing, but I don't know your social security number. You don't know mine. You don't, you don't know aspects of the data that's stored in the common file off of my social security either. That's something that I don't know about you. There are ways to create some sort of a system that keeps that. And, and, and I think that if there were, uh, and, and this is this is the word that most most Republicans that I know that they hate. Uh, they hate the word consequence. They they don't like the idea that if something, let's say some, somebody breaks into your home, they steal your guns. They use those. They use a gun and kill somebody. That gun was registered to you. There's always this. Well, what if what if somebody uses my gun? Well, I think that that's something that we need to then figure out as well. What what? How did they get a hold of your gun? Okay, they broke in mm-hmm. and stole it. Why wasn't the gun secure? Why wasn't the gun put in a place that made it virtually impossible for them to get? Most of the and 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 most of the people that get picked up for simple armed rob armed robbery, simple simple um, breaking and entering, they will they usually admit we're going in there looking for guns. Yeah, they're not. It's not always jewelry. It's not always money. It's not. They can't come out with all of your china. They're not going to do it. They're in there specifically looking for guns because guns are what they can then turn and sell. And that's where they make most of their money. They, it, it's it's admitted every single time. The the whole the whole social security thing it it turns it turns their brain. Oh, sure, yeah, no, you're good. So, if you want to know just how much information people can get on you freely of what you do with your time and oh, how you yeah. spend it, look. I when I was doing my flyaway missions as the quote unquote air marshal, right? I bought a book because we could have potentially been down. I was shot at by 20, 25 missiles when i was uh, doing my flyaways on my 59 combat missions and any, any one of those times i could have gone down and i could have been stuck out in the wild i bought the anarchist's cookbook why did i buy it i don't want to be in the middle of iraq with no idea on how to do anything so it was it was, it was like a it was like a, a one pound book that had all i needed to know about how to make anything with just everyday items right sure you buy that book you were immediately on an fbi's watches i ordered the book two days later it arrived somehow and, and when I was in, in Kuwait <laughs> and my commander comes up to me and goes, Jared, why do I have a notice from the FBI that uh, you bought this book? I was like, well, sir, what mission are we doing? He's like, we're doing this. I was like, yeah, what happens if I go down somewhere? I want something that gives me a detailed description of what I do. He's right. like, that's smart, but you're stupid. And he walked away, you know, like that's just how <laughs> fast you can have things happen. Uh, the timeline is probably all off, but there's there's a John, uh, the Daily Show. Uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. Last week yeah. tonight with John Oliver on April eleventh, twenty twenty two. This is on YouTube for everybody to watch. Called Data Brokers. Watch that oh, episode yeah. on how yeah. much information can be collected on you. You're on Facebook. I guarantee you, we already know you've got thirty guns. The FBI, the CIA, the ATF. They probably already know that you about twenty five of your thirty weapons. Right, and that's right. just because of all that stuff. You you can you already it's already there. Just give it to them freely. Give it to them yeah. freely and shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I think that's one of the the the, the things that I, I I find the most uh, disheartening is people's intelligence when it comes to the information that, that the government already knows about you. There, there's oh, nothing yeah. that they don't know. I mean, there's there may be some things they don't know, but the virtually they know everything. Uh, the government has the ability to track your phones. They can tap. I mean, with a with a warrant, they can tap into Verizon or AT&T or whatever and basically just be able to watch you everywhere you go. Uh, 
especially especially now with the the, the phones coming with these eSIMs, like they, you, you don't even have a SIM that like <laughs> theatrically you can take out and smash and throw on the ground. That doesn't <laughs> that almost doesn't exist anymore. In my head, no. I picture I, I picture people doing that and go, "Well, that was the that was the SD card. Now you're dumb." But yeah, it's, it's I, I I guess I I'm 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 constantly in awe of what it is that people think that they're getting away with. And I have, I have said many times that I absolutely believe that if, if somebody wants to know something about me, uh, I I'm perfectly willing to give them an answer, but if they are going to go through the trouble of finding that information, have at it and, and congratulations. <laughs> now it's yours. Um, that I, just- I, I'm right, right there with you, right there with like, just ask me, I guarantee I guarantee my gov- the, the government, e- even the, the local police department here, they know all about me. They know all about me. They know about everything that we're doing. It's just that yeah. we're not big enough fish to fry because they've got other stuff that they got to deal with. I mean, yeah. take a play, take a look at like somewhere like Madison, Wisconsin, right? I'm not too, I'm not too far from there. D- dude, there's, and then Chicago, there's like three shootings a day. Like they have bigger sure. fish to fry than my silly piracy. You know, like, like there's, there's just bigger fish to fry out there. And, and it's just, to me, it's, they're like, yeah, when he becomes a problem, we'll take care of him, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree. How do we convince second amendment champions that licensing or insurance background checks, waiting periods, that these are all intelligent ways of potentially subverting, uh, mass, mass casualties. Do you have, do you have any ideas because I, I feel like me shaming them is not working. Uh, you ever heard of the backfire effect? I haven't. Okay, so the this was this was taught to be by a much smarter individual than myself. Uh, the backfire effect essentially is the more hardened someone is in their stance, and the more that you present them with facts, the harder their stance gets. So if I'm like Barrett, the sky is green, and you're like, no, look outside, Jared, it's blue. And I'm like, no, no. Screen. The government is blinding your eyes with a chloroform, and it's just like the 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 more facts that you present somebody who is that emboldened yeah. or that hardened, it's going to harden their stance even more. So you, you're not going to. It's it, it's kind of like with how you see some of the memes on Facebook that talk about how you're not good enough. You know, like our father's father's father would be like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And it would translate. And then all of a sudden, like now we're the generation that's we're loving and cherishing. It's like, oh, oh, no, Timmy, it's OK. Just be more careful where you spilled the, the slushy. We'll clean it up. I'll show you how to clean it up. Let's make it better. Just be more cognitive instead of what we had where our parents would be like, why would you be so stupid to spill the slushy? Right. Like you got to be my, like you, you got to ingrain it into the new generation to breed those kind of individuals that are more open to hearing things that are more open to listening to things. I can't Temperance. tell you how many times. I, yeah, I've listened to something and it's changed my mind about something. I had no idea about Mormons. I kind of had that little thought in my head, right? I was stationed with a Mormon for 36 hours. I think it was one time because I was stationed with him three days in the land. I learned all about his religion, all about what he knows, everything that he knows. Very interesting people. Very interesting people. Yeah, they got their quirks. So do I. But sure. it's just you got to breed it into the people that I feel like I'm using that word breed a little too weird. But <laughs> <laughs> you've got to you've got to Mormons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in relation to more, no, you just you've got to instill in the people that it's like just do the right thing. I know you don't like it. I know it's not fun, but it's just yeah. like our broccoli. I don't like eating vegetables, but damn it, I know I'm gonna die a lot faster if I don't. You know? Yeah, yeah. If if, if you're so. trading the, the 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 broccoli for tater tots or something like that, yeah, no, I I, yeah. I absolutely agree. I think I think that that is so. 
So I think what I'm getting from that is we just have to hope that the generation that is unwilling to work with us, that, that they continue to die off. Please at a, at a very much faster rate, yeah. And it just it's it's that backfire effect. You can't. I mean, you listen to that Mark episode. There, I oh yeah, I've tried. Yeah. I that man thinks I'm a total degenerate, but yet I'm still the co-host on his show for the NFL. So oh I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah. And, and that's something. So I I had a gentleman on Trevor Lane uh, from a, uh, mm-hmm. the Man Tool podcast uh, several weeks ago, and I had to I had to put a disclaimer at the beginning because a lot of people that listen to this program uh, are are probably at least more left-leaning uh, than, than Trevor. And there were things mm-hmm. that he said in, in that episode that triggered some of them, and, and they, they commented, and they said, you know, and I said, but see, here's the important part. I, 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 I did as best I could to cut out any of the negative things that were said, any of the things that were, that were clearly uh, of, uh, that came from a place of, uh, I, I, I don't know what to describe it as, but just they didn't, they didn't come from a good-hearted place. And yeah. I said, so I did as best I could to make sure that that wasn't in there. But I have to acknowledge that he grew up in a different place in a different environment than I grew up in the environment that I grew up in. And I, I cannot nullify his opinion based purely on the fact that I disagree, which is why then conversations have to happen. Uh, so yep. you talking with Mark is absolutely necessary in hopes that something you say could pretend not Mark necessarily because he seemed he seems pretty <laughs> attached. <laughs> he's but, he's in the trenches, my friend. He's in the trenches, that's, and that's and, and that's okay. But what I have to hope is that something that he experiences or that is said to him or that he sees or reads will 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 just be that that little trigger that says, "Holy crap! This is you know what? This probably isn't all that necessary." And and the worst part is. And I, I don't ever want it to come down to this because I don't want any anyone that I know to lose a family member or a friend to gun violence. But sometimes I, I think that that is almost the only that is almost the only ultimate trigger that that gets them into a process or a thought process that puts them in in line with the idea that maybe this isn't all necessary. I had plenty of individuals who were avid, avidly against wearing masks, avidly against uh, 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 getting a vaccine. And then mm-hmm. they had their family, mem- they saw family members that passed away because of COVID. And before that, they just believed it was all a hoax, that it was designed to make Donald Trump look bad until their family members passed away from it. And it was like, it triggered them. Now they are, I don't know where they are politically, but I at least recognize that they, they started wearing masks. They started making sure that they were taking care of themselves. They got into better health. Um, so, you know, it was, that was, that was, what it took in order to push them over the line. I feel like with gun violence and, and, you know, I, I wish everybody would go out and get trained and be trained by the same guy that, that, you know, that your father who showed you the results of what happens on the opposite side of where the bullet goes in or, or, or telling somebody, you know, the bullet goes through the target. That's not where it stops. The bullet goes through the target and hits many, many more targets potentially down the line. That could be mm-hmm. a person that could be a child. Somebody that, that doesn't even know that it's happening. We have drive-by shootings all the time where where individuals individuals get killed because they just happen to be in the wrong place. And I can't, I don't know, I just I just can't look at those as being the you know the the cost of freedom. It, it's it's it it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. See, there he goes. 
There you go. Sorry. <laughs> that, no, no. That's, I, look, I, it's a part of your show. I, <laughs> I know it's a part I, of the I, show, I, but sometimes it's like, <laughs> all right, fellas. All right. I get it. I get it. You're upsetting spaghetti about something. That'll, that'll fix it in a minute. It's okay. Yeah. They, uh, they, I, cause I've got Rick and Morty on in the background for them. And sometimes they just, they, they, they like to be near me and they like to see me and they're just like, okay, dad, sure. you know, here we are. So yeah. Are they, are they covered currently or are they, uh, no. are they, so they're, they're watching they're wa- Rick and Morty, one of their favorites. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's one of their favorites cause they'd like Rick and Morty unsolved mysteries. And then, uh, forensic files is something that they like to, uh, they usually oh, stay cool. real quiet when they watch those. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. All right. <laughs> Well, Jared, is there anything else you want to say? Because I know you've got some, you've got several podcasts. Uh, I want, yep. I want to make sure that we get those mentioned. Feathers and Friends. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, you put that out. Is that a, that's a weekly show? Yeah, Feathers and Friends is a weekly show. Uh, basically, it's random redditness. If you like Bill Burr, the comedian, you're gonna like the podcast. Oh, yeah. I can go on rants and raves. I can talk about some weird stuff. Every so often, I have on uh, some guests. I I just had a gal on who I did a weight loss episode. So that's coming out next weekend. Um, cool. This weekend is with uh, the CFL guy for Eric, where he does the college football stuff with Mark. But I'm also on the Evil Mark show. Okay. And um, that's uh, basically NFL. I just do NFL every Friday for that. And uh, if you hop on over to Parrot Gaming Productions, my YouTube channel, every Thursday night, I go live to live stream the show. So you can actually watch us live okay. record what we put out on Friday. It's the secret NFL show uh, that like <laughs> very few people watch. But yeah, so I'm on Feathers and Friends, uh, the Evil Mark show. And every once in a while, if you like music, file under entertainment. I uh, file under I do entertainment. The pr- yep, I do the producer because I've got the whole setup for it. And my buddy that does that podcast is... He's uh, he was in a position where he needed a producer. He needed somebody that could help record it. I was like, sure, yeah. I can totally do that. And uh, every once in a while, his guests like try to make me chime in as I'm sitting there. So every once in a while, you can hear me on there, too. <laughs> OK, that's terrific. I'm going to make yeah, sure I got that a all lot. Are, I'll, <laughs> look, I had to I had to I, I had to uh, I had to take and actually build a, uh, a, a, a a entertainment media division. So I, I completely understand Um <laughs> I will make sure to link all of all of the uh, the show notes in the show notes. I'll make sure to link all of your uh, your your podcasts and, and gaming and, and in YouTube so uh, that people right. can go out there and check that out. Um, I think uh, I think I think we've said a lot. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I I appreciate you you having me on. I appreciate. I, I'm sad that no, we didn't I'm get kidding. to talk about how realistic some of the movies are, but. It's whatever. Oh, that's right. You know? No, 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 no. Yeah. We're oh, gonna okay. we're gonna take a couple minutes. Give me give okay. me your top. Can you give me a top five of the movies that you think are the <laughs> the, Sir, the most stop. accurate? <laughs> the most accurate when it comes to uh, uh, how uh, how they how how they act as far as military uh, or or gun safety gun. You know, just. The process, the procedures, just the process. Yeah. Um. So the most John Wick, like the very first John Wick. Oh, okay. That that is mind blowing. How they're accurate with the shots. How there's all these tiny little details that are in there. Um, yeah. What was it? Uh, the uh, the terminal list with Chris Pratt. That was pretty okay. Pretty damn accurate with a lot of that stuff because um, it, it it looks pretty good. Some of the like B list movies where they like actually enlist seals to come in and stuff like that. That was pretty good. Yeah. The Thirteenth Hour with John Krasinski, I think is his name, right? Yep. Yeah, that that were the guy from The Office that turned out to be a badass operator. That one was pretty good. 
yeah, but yeah, yeah. Those are good. those are some of the the good ones. Yeah, those are yeah. I I and I can see that because I you know one of the things that I I recognize in movies you know whether it's superhero movies or whatever uh, military army uh, you know. I, I recognize that somebody's firing a pistol and they definitely fired more than seven shots. I'll give them yep. eight if they had one in the chamber, but I know how many all mine hold. And I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where I'm able to just, you know, it's not halo where I can just point down and it reloads. Uh, it's, it's, it's different. It's, but yeah, I, I completely agree. <laughs> that, that's uh I was watching Black Widow, the Black Widow Marvel movie, and they use what is known as a CZ Scorpion. is It's a sub, it's a compact submachine gun that is a ridiculous fire fire rate. Like you put a drum, fifty round drum magazine on that, it's gone in a half like a half second. It's not that fast, but it, it's crazy. it's very comparable. And in the movie, they're like blap 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 blap, and like my buddy is like, "So how'd you like the movie?" I was like, "Yeah, the CZ Scorpion one is accurate." He's like, "So let me get this straight: in a movie with gods." aliens and all this other crazy <laughs> stuff you had an issue with the gun i was like yeah had an issue with the gun and then it was funny too because that rock movie where it's the rock ryan reynolds and gal gadot they're firing yeah. two mg42s and a uh and then the uh oh god i forget what it's called but it's the the nine mil submachine gun that they love which and which scene was it if, was it the helicopter not the helicopter when they were driving the german cars out of the, oh okay the german yeah, yeah, thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it's funny because, okay, they get it right when they're just kind of doing the shooting scene. But when they're driving, you hear three distinct different sounds of guns when there's only two being fired. And I mean, like, I get why they did it because you don't want to have like conflicting stuff. But I'm like, that sounds kind of different than that. And that's I'm not even sure that's accurate for that third. And and it's like it's moments like that that pull me out of things. And like I was going to do a whole segment on my podcast about it. And I just like stopped midway through. And I'm like, I'm just a freaking psycho. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's that's too deep, Jared. That's too deep. So why 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 am I spending this? Who's going to listen to this? That's yeah. I I, there there are rants and raves that I go. If you listen to episode two through like 15 of my show, it's just me ranting. It's me. It's me picking up on an on something that Donald Trump said from 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 a a stand or a rally or something like that. Shortly after he was taking the office or the oath of office and something he said just triggered me. And I got up there and talked for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. And it's just like, why are people even listening to this? Like, yeah. Totally understand. The, the, the first episode that I think anybody should listen to, like if they want to go back into my library, um, yeah. the first episode where I had a gal from Only who did like some OnlyFans stuff, or like who showed like because I've interviewed a few OnlyFans girls, but it's like that first interview where I kind of talked to like started having guests on my podcast. I feel like it. I really got good when I started talking to, like the OnlyFans girls for a little bit there. Anything else yeah. before that is just my dumb. Like I think I'm like a season and a half of just myself ranting. I get it. We're finishing up. <laughs> I love you too, Helios. Shut up. <laughs> See, like they this is this is why I only record usually when they're going to bed. <laughs> because they, they know I'm talking and they don't know who I'm talking to. And they're just like, come on, Dad, wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I I, I think that's great. And uh, and I and I, I truly believe uh, that uh, that hopefully we will find a way out of this i i have a i have an episode that i'm i have to record this afternoon that's going to be on uh the uh the the moore versus harper case which is supposed to be coming up with supreme court that could ultimately take away our ability to vote for our representatives president 
senators, that sort of thing. So, uh, but that's 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 a future episode. So I don't uh, I don't the, envy you having to do that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's what it's what has also caused me to go ahead and maybe have conversations with some immigration lawyers, just in case. Ooh. You know, <laughs> Iceland Iceland may be one of the only countries on the con, on the con, in, in in the planet uh, that has four seasons at some point. So that seems like a nice place to live. Uh, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jared, thank you very much for being on the show. Like I said, check the show notes for uh, all the links uh, for uh, everything uh, that Jared is involved with from um, Parrot Gaming Productions uh, to Feathers and Friends Podcast, the NFL Podcast. As always, thank you, Nick the Geek, engineer and producer, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. Check out details on how you can utilize his talent and production expertise at GOTSoundStudio.com. Thanks to Muff the Producer. You can follow him on Instagram at Muff the Producer. Thanks to Shiana Rivers for our intro and outro. Follow her podcast, Who You Callin' Holistic. As well, a thanks to Trent Clark, a.k.a. DJ Lonzo, currently entertaining the main course in Columbia, South Carolina. Make sure to go by, have a good time. You can contact Trent for all your entertainment needs trent at the allaboutnothing.com and on instagram at the real dj lonzo or by phone 803-262-7982 if you enjoy the show consider becoming a patron by visiting our website and clicking on the link at the top of the browser that will take you over to our patreon page you can find details on how you become a supporter you can check out our benefits there or just consider a donation so that we can continue to bring you this nonsense we enjoy doing it we enjoy you enjoying it as always you can follow us on facebook just search for all about nothing us on twitter and instagram at aan underscore pod or find links to all of our social media and available podcast platforms by visiting theallaboutnothing.com. If you'd like to be heard on the show, you may call and leave us a message, 803-672-0533. If the time between these episodes is too far apart, you can fill that time by checking out our partner podcast. Zach and I host What the Pod Was That with Carrie Simmons, available on most of your podcast platforms. You can visit whatthepodwasthat.com for links and details. Carrie and Chrissy host Status Macabre on most of the podcast platforms as well. Find details at statusmacabre.com. As well, you can check out our own DJ Lonzo's Top 5, hosted by Trent Clark, available on most of your podcast listening platforms. Because you do, you have the confidence to do a podcast about the NFL uh, with Evil Mark. Yeah. Uh, what is your opinion on how well the Falcons will do this year? Who are the NFL? Who are the Falcons? Oh, man. No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm kind of interested to see what happens now that they don't have Matt Ryan at the helm. I mean, I think it was yeah. I think it was an interesting move. I'm I'm actually a little bit more. I'm a cheesehead. I'm I'm down sure. with the Packers. I'm interested to see how Devontae Adams and David Carr actually do for the for the Black okay. Steel. I'm I'm very interested okay. to see how that plays out. I I don't know what's going to go happen on with Rodgers and his crazy self, but yeah, I'm. I'm just kind of like this year I'm, I'm taking it in as a let's see how everybody does and hopefully the Packers and the Bills do what they do best because the Bills are like my secret NFL crush you know oh okay so. now, I, I, I am with you on that the Bills the Bills almost always come up as the game that I will watch if I can't watch the Falcons so totally in with yeah. that Jared thank you very much for being on the program uh, I, I hope that we have conversations again here in the future, and uh, I hope that uh, you uh, stay healthy and well. Thank you very much. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Barrett. I'm, I'm looking forward to having you on my show, bud. Thank you, sir. This The All About Nothing podcast is recorded live from the Maddie Johnson podcast studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. The All About Nothing podcast is produced and engineered by Neek the Geek, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. To support the show, please visit theallaboutnothing.com for links to social media, merchandise, and more. Become a patron of the show by following the Patreon link at the top of our page. The All About Nothing podcast is an entertainment product of Barrett Gruber. 
Special thanks to Zach King, Trent Clark, Muff the Producer, Neek the Geek, and you, our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you're on YouTube, please hit the like button and the notification bell. Thank you for listening. The All About Nothing podcast is a part of the GOT Podcast Network and a product of Bear Gruber Entertainment and Media.